0: Yeah, These things are too small. Why aren't they bigger? That's what she said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> Talk
1: <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh,
0: it'll be great. It'll be
1: Y'all m f don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'ma be real with you, and I don't care if I get fine. That train is off the track.
2: <laughs> I feel like you you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. What
1: to to. the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch of Undebeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to the Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is June 12th, 2021. This is episode 534. Coming from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show... The one main topic is the firing of Nate Bjorkren uh, we also uh, we're going to have some Undegugables for you and of course a stat of the week joining me this week are all three of our analysts coast to coast like buttered toast first from the high school home of Jameson Brewer Silver Spring, Maryland, it's the doctor Jason Triplett what is up Pacers fans, what is up
3: Undebeatables? shout out to my family who is in town visiting this weekend? And uh, super excited. We're taking uh, my son to the zoo for the first time tomorrow. Wow. I am, I am actually very excited about this. To for sure. Watch him not react to amazing animals. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, the expectation say- in my head is that his mind is going to be blown when he sees, you know, all these animals that we've been looking at in the books in real life. And he's most likely just going to be like,
2: bleh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or taking a nap
2: yeah can't put a price on a good nap mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true
1: uh, more evenly distributed across the country now from Hayes, Kansas is our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles John Colson what is up Pacer
0: Nation what is up Undebeatables uh, shout out this week to uh, my grandmother my mom's mom Norma Basie Uh, She passed away during COVID, and uh, mom and I are kind of doing a spiritual journey back to uh, her hometown of uh, Greeley, Colorado, to pick up some stuff and uh, say goodbye and all that. So, um,
1: shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out, Green Mom. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper.
2: What's going on, fellas? Good to see you guys. Uh, Shout out my mom. Uh, Her birthday on Monday, Flag Day. Shout hey. out. Shout
3: out! More Sweet for the birthday, day. not so much for Flag Day. But. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> my my mom always thought that was like a mnemonic device. I was like, Mom, I don't know what Flag Day is. <laughs> like, <laughs> I now know what Flag Day is because it's your birthday. That's it. That's all that happened.
0: She here. thought you were remembering her birthday because of Flag Day?
2: <laughs> it seemed to be the case.
0: Big day, Flag Day. It, maybe it was a yeah. big
2: thing in the 70s. I don't know. <laughs>
1: what all the kids talked about.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
1: before we get into the show, we'd like to let you know you can support us anytime you like over at patreon.com slash undebeatables. You can become a patron uh, of our show for as little as a dollar per month. Thanks to everybody who has done so, so far. Uh, it really helps what we do, and uh, we, we've got some, some bigger plans, and uh, uh, be a part of the uh the community over there patreon.com slash undebeatables
0: am i the only one that's like envisioning like some sort of santa claus type figure now on flag day that like comes in and brings treats and things and like you know the kids were just would would wait up late the night before waiting for captain flag or whatever and you know
1: Yes, Hello, the answer kids. to the question is yes. you were the only one. <laughs> Captain
0: Flag. There. You know, and then there there's so like, I don't know, you'd get a little basket of flags in the morning and then, you know, <laughs> go out and run around with flags and have like a flag parade. And, you know, you wear your flag outfit, you know, like I just. What kind,
1: are you thinking like, is this strictly American flags or is this like lots of just it's, flags it's in It's flag day.
0: I mean, it could be any kind of flag, right? I mean, sure. it's just, it's, it's, it's. it's it's a cornucopia of flags. Sure, it's it's sure. the day to celebrate flags.
2: But this sure. is also probably like the 60s or 70s, right? So if you're wearing a different colored flag, probably not was great. An, not a
0: great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of American flags. But like maybe in, if, in your little basket, you got different kinds of flags. But like when you were wearing your flag outfit outside, you probably
3: should wear the American flag. So, so in your mind, there, there was a uh, supernatural-esque uh, creature, if you will, yeah, some sort of creature that came yeah. and delivered uh, flags. That was the the invention of Big Flag to try to get more <laughs> flags sold.
0: That's sure. well, I was thinking, I was thinking it was one of two things. It was either like the Flag Fairy. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it was more like the you know like the Tooth Fairy, like a mouse, like and a mouse like just dragged a bunch of flags into the house for you while you slept. Yeah, but the flag or, can't touch
2: the ground, man. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: then, what it should should have been was a a clown,
3: and they do the trick where they pull, pull up, (laughs) but it's just flag after flag after flag out of of the pocket. Sure,
0: out of the sleeve. Yeah, Yeah. out of the ear. Sure, I like this. Um, Can it be some sort of cute animal clown though? (laughs) (laughs) Can't say as
3: I've ever. Even had the brain capacity to come up with the idea of an animal clown, but sure, let's go. For that.
1: I think I think you could. You know, you got to remember that this is coming probably from uh, some sort of pagan roots. Uh, so, you know, what about goat? Co- what about goat? What about goat clown?
2: <laughs> goat clown? Goat, goat, goat clown?
3: Bones the goat like, clown. I mean, come on, right? I'm yeah, very no, that, excited that about this sense.
0: this holiday, I, I, and you know that's why that's why your mom assumes that we all remember it because it's, it's such a memorable holiday. Wake I'm, up, especially when not you're real young, to... like real young, like uh-uh. four or five. You just can't wait for the goat clown. I don't <laughs>
3: like know I, that I'm going to be able to sleep. Joey was optimistic that this late night recording was was not going to go off the rails for a long time, and yeah. we haven't even yeah. made My it the Patreon yet. bit.
0: Have we? Have you even done the intro yet? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, we we did the intro. <laughs> okay. um, just skip uh, whatever
0: thing,
2: else is on that script and get at it. because. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now, now I'm thinking, like, how does the, the goat clown wear makeup? Like, how does that work? Does it, mm. put, it put it on? I see. Does so, it yeah, need the, it?
0: No, That's I mean, what the I, I mouse mean, is for. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, definitely the wig is easy to do, but sure, sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. You got to have a you got a goat guy,
3: right, Joey? Yeah,
1: Joey's got <laughs> oh, a goat yeah, guy. Oh, we yeah. know he has <laughs> got know a what? goat guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, let me, let me hit him up after the show. Uh, let me text him real quick and see what he's got to say. Uh, and I got a clown guy too, so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you gotta, together. You got to get these guys in the same room, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we're
0: Reveal all the magic of Flag Day. Dot dot we, dot profits is what's right. happening now. Yep. And they guy, so and also, guy, what's, what's great day. about Flag Day is that you wake up in the morning and there's flags, but also uh, your lawn has been uh, mown, been chewed <laughs> oh, yeah. when you wake up in the sure. morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> but great. Yeah,
1: they, they, the goat guy, he makes all the money for his year on Flag Day, obviously. Yeah, like, obviously. You've
0: got to be ready for that big Flag Day celebration, you know? Right. Yep, yep,
1: yep. All right, I think we're beating around the bush. Um... <laughs> you know we we do a lot of uh, uh, you know prognostication uh, you know i I'd like to think that we can see the future I guess because uh, a lot of what we a lot of what we say comes to be and uh, I think the biggest reason is is because we cover every angle and we make every claim in the book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, once one of them hits, we just uh, you know, we we never claim it was otherwise. So nailed it, nailed it. Um, yeah, man. So so you you surely heard the news by now. But uh, Nate, Nate Bjorken uh, was let go, and um, as soon as I saw the news, I, my dad dad texted, and and uh, my my first reaction was like, hmm, I'm not mad at that, um, and I think that the initial word. Coming from Pritchard was, you know, we need somebody who who is more experienced um, to to lead the organization right now. You know, I think investing in a a first-time coach, you know, you you have to be um, somewhat expecting, you know, you shouldn't be shocked if you you, uh, don't have um, fantastic results right away. I mean, you know, it's their first time. Um, But... The stuff that we heard, you know, look, the, the Pacers being in the news for the wrong reasons, like, doesn't really, doesn't really fly. Um, and um, that's, uh, uh, you know, that's something that, that we saw. And um, he, he gone. Um, you, you could, uh, there are also some other news. The, uh, one Terry Stotts of uh, the Portland Trailblazers is now... Uh, on the market, which I don't know. These these two could be connected since um, Mr. Stotts was let go. And then uh, if I remember this correctly, Stotts was uh, let go. And then, uh, then, then Björkrin was uh, let go after. So there's, there's certainly a, a, a front office connection between the two organizations. And um, there could be a relationship there that uh, uh, could be expanded upon. Um, but I, I want to get you guys' thoughts on, on, on you know, the fact that this actually went through and, you know, what that says about uh, um, the sort of decision-making and um, the tone that the, the organization's looking to set. And, um, you know, do you think it's going to be Stats or somebody else? Or which way do you think that they're going to go? There, there's been no, you know, they said, we're going to start the coaching search, but, you know, there may have already been a conversation, and Stotts might be, you know, he may already be, you know, buying his Indy 500 shirts now. I don't know. <laughs> you know, they're on sale after the race, you know, They get a good deal. So, Jason, you, you, uh, you, uh, you took this pretty hard. I know you were a big, uh, a big Bjorkring guy. Um,
2: biggest booster. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I, surprised, actually. I mean, my feeling was that um you know to hire a coach and then fire them after a a single season a season in which you know you didn't have your full starting lineup the entire season basically and you're in you know a pandemic and all the stresses associated with that your first first time head coach you would you would think there's a long leash and um it's sort of interesting the narrative around this you know we we had our issues with with Bjorkren and questioned some of the things, but sort of attributed it to his uh, naivety, I guess, as a, a head coach. But, you know, this sort of damning report that came out by the Bleacher report towards the end of the season sort of really shaped the narrative around everything Bjorkren related. And there was nothing too strongly counter opposing it. And it seems like it's true, right? So if you look at the press conferences from, you know, Pritchard, Uh, he gave one sort of at the end of the season and then just gave one, uh, when, whenever that was Tuesday or Wednesday that they let, uh, go, he basically was like, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he had some human management issues that he needed to work on. And, um, you know, we just felt it wasn't the right, uh, time for us or whatever. But I, I thought like you did, Joey, you know, we discussed the Pacers are, are typically a very, uh, tight pursed organization and, you know, they wouldn't uh, keep a guy around. Uh, and, you know, Pritchard firing this guy basically is him admitting a mistake. And, you know, he, he said as much in his press conference. You know, he, he took the blame for it. He said, this is my fault. Like, we got to do better as an organization. You know, we had 50 pages of notes on all all of these candidates and we made the wrong decision. You know, and I mean, I think it's it's good of them if they feel it's the wrong decision to to move away from it and not waste anybody's time and and get things back on track. So kudos to them for that. But I was kind of surprised. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree. That was the most surprising thing for me is to see an NBA GM admit a mistake. That's Mm -hmm. not something Mm -hmm. you see very often at that level, even if it is the case. Uh, So. I mean, good on Pritchard for, uh, for that, really, because, I mean, I agree. It it has always looked like a lot of the stuff that was in that Bleacher Report article <laughs> was real because no one ever bothered to contradict, really, any of it. So Right, right. Uh, yeah, it seemed like time to move on, and obviously whatever came out of the you know, end-of-year interviews with the players did nothing to to stop that train rolling down the track. So uh, as we discussed, there was going to be a fall guy this year, and there he is.
0: Yeah, does this preserve um, Pritchard and Buchanan because they went ahead and, and fired him? I mean, because we discussed if, if we're going to hold on to Bjorkren for another year, maybe somebody else has to take the hit for this. Um, does this also get them off the hook? I mean, you know, is there is there some upper management that's going to have to take a hit for – Hiring the wrong guy and spending a bunch of money on him? Well, it seemed like, um,
3: you know, a couple weeks ago, I guess, a report came out basically saying that, you know, Pritchard was safe. And then we speculated maybe that Buchanan would get the ax. But, yeah, now I think, you know, he's fine. (laughs) Like, I don't don't see the point in, well, I mean, who knows if he's doing a crappy job otherwise. But um, doing a complete turnover. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it seems like uh, front office is safe after the meeting with the Simon, so probably is what it is at this point. But certainly a cautionary tale for them, and hopefully they can take something useful out of what was a pretty miserable uh, coaching search and execution. And obviously we really do have to do a lot better this time around if we want to find a coach who's going to be a good fit long-term for us.
1: One thing for me, I think, is that you know, I, I think a lot of us, or I think all of us had said throughout the season, like, we like these, t- we like this team, we like these players. And I, I mean, I, I, my guess is that the, you know, management does as well. And, you know, if there was rumblings that, you know, people are like, I don't, you know, there, there were some rumors that that TJ Warren specifically, like, didn't want to play for Bjorkren. Um, and you know if the players don't, if that's the case, if they don't want to play for this guy, you know, you can go get another coach. Um, you know, they 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 come and go. You know, those, well, and and scenes.
0: yeah, there's the, the you know, uh, Sabonis was apparently defending the coaching staff to Bjorkren and like telling him to lay off and stuff. Like, I mean, you know, it's uh, it sounds like it was is not a great work environment. And 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 you're right, uh, Harper. I mean, it, you know these end of the season interviews, if, if he had a chance to save his, his job, it was going to be people, you know, going to bat for him and it doesn't seem yeah, like anybody I don't think did. Anybody did
2: that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So to me, this, this shows, you know, that they're, they're not going to, they're not going to take a spin on another first time coach. You know, we've talked yep, for years definitely. about be- Becky Hammond, you know, she was one who's not been a head. you know, she's not been a head coach and, you know, we'd wanted uh, you know, her uh, and there's other, you know, other uh,
0: Patrick I mean, Ewing was always
1: on our list. Yeah. There, the there was, coach. there was lots of other uh, people who we, you know, had not been a head coach that we thought might be a, uh, a good person to, to, you know, give it a spin. But uh, I mean, clearly they're not going to go that route. There's no way. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, think-
2: I, I don't think that that should follow. I mean, maybe it does follow, but I don't think that it should.
3: Right. I, I agree with you there, but based on what, Pritchard said in his press conference, he was basically like, "Yeah, we took a risk last time. We wanted to try something new and different. Uh, we wanted to, you know, get into the 21st century offensively." And I think he's still. I mean, that <laughs> gonna we talking to...
2: 21st century basketball. Let's, let's scrap <laughs> it.
3: No, 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 no. I was going to say actually. So in his in in his initial press conference a couple weeks ago, that's sort of what it sounded like. He was like, "Yeah, we got to." get our lunch pail and our hard hat and we've got to come in here and muddy it up and that's Pacers basketball and that's what we got to do and in this most recent one he was like uh, much more uh, rational about it he's like you know like while the Pacer, Pacers ethos is what he called it is um you know blue collar if you will like basketball is different now and we have to play in a different way. Like you can't, you know, not shoot three pointers. Like it's just not. this is just not a tenable way to run an offense. Right. So, uh, so I think he's cognizant of that, but he also was like expressing, at least to me, what I heard was we took a risk and wanted to try something new and different and unproven and sort of, um, give that a go and he was burned by that decision and so I don't think he's gonna go that way again I agree with you Harper I don't know that that's the right conclusion to make um that seems like the one f- from he's that process but it's hard not to make that conclusion I think when you're the guy that made that decision so sure um g- because because you know I agree with you like the you know, if they have 50 pages of notes on all these candidates that they interviewed last year, like, obviously, there are new candidates, you know, like you mentioned, Joey, that are out there, you know, Stotts and basically Stotts. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Clifford, the big red coach, if you're interested in in that. But yeah, give uh, it a
0: couple of days, maybe Budenholzer. <laughs> Right, right, exactly. There was a, there was a huge article in the in the Star uh, that said that he was the number one candidate, and I'm like, the man's still coaching in the, in the playoffs, Man. and they were just like, yeah, he's not going to get through this round. He's probably on the radar. Um, and but you you know, all of us uh, we talk about you know how. Budenholzer is a good coach, but he also gets outmaneuvered in the playoffs because he's not overly creative. He's a great regular season coach. This was our problem with, um, you know, McMillan. So I don't know if that's really a direction we want to go. Um, I'm, uh, I'd be really excited about uh, a uh, Kenny Atkinson, but again, he doesn't have a ton of experience. If we want to go with a, you know, an old head, that doesn't really fit. Um, the Terry Stotts thing does. You know, he had a lot of success out there. I mean, other than the fact that Pritchard
3: definitely wants to play defense. But it sounds like he also wants to build a a staff. You know, like, so every coach has their strengths and weaknesses, right? Um, The problem with an unknown quantity like Bjorkren is you have no idea what those strengths and weaknesses really are, right? You could take a guess and try to build a staff around him that compensates for those but you don't know. And so with a guy like Stotts, you know his weaknesses. And he knows his playing weaknesses. Playing defense. Right? Well, he knows <laughs> what like, he needs to add to his staff, right? Exactly. Because he knows right. where and he's, so, he excels and so and where if you can doesn't. build guys around, or, or put guys in place around him that can that can compensate for that, then you're in good play, good shape. But,
0: yeah. Well, the, the Blazers played more defense than we did this season. Which is, well, seen a lot. That doesn't really mean
2: anything. I mean... I Part of the reason that, you know, the, the firing here is forgivable is because we have struggled with culture in our organization for several years and backsliding uh, is not a place where we want to go to. Um, so I understand, you know, a, a, a you know light trigger on getting rid of Bjorken in this scenario. Um, but for my money, I mean, I definitely would caution against overcompensating and just going with the most experienced person, right? I mean, we're a small sure. market team. Like, it is, is the goal to win a championship? because I don't argue strongly that Terry Stotts is not going to get you there. Like if he couldn't Mm. get you really anywhere close with the Portland team and the talent that they have, why should I believe that he can do that here? Right. And the reality is that, you know, when you're a small market team, you do have to take big chances to get big rewards, right? It is unlikely that any small market team is going to win a championship, but to the extent that it's possible, it, it will take real risk. Um, So I I think that drawing the lesson that we just have to go with the most experienced person, you know, is not going to get us to the promised land.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I think on some level, our plan has always been as a franchise to uh, stay consistently relevant and then maybe things break our way or we don't want our plan to be to
2: not suck.
0: No, that's been our plan. I know. I, I mean, don't know. The, mo- <laughs> the, the the moment we have a year that we suck, we fire the guy and we start over. Like you, if you bring in a guy like Stotch, you're not going to suck suck for the next 5 years. And maybe you you get a good trade or maybe you get a good draft pick or something and then you, you know, because right now the Brooklyn Nets are unbeatable and nobody's going to stop them in the East, right? This is this is the nature of the NBA right now. So staying relevant, going to the playoffs, being competitive not being miserable to watch, which we were for long stretches. Uh, Joey stopped watching the games because we refused to rebound and play defense. You know, I think if you can put a good product on the floor, you'll continue to have a fan base. I think that's what this—that's what the Simons want, right? Um, I think you know you're talking about culture. You know, I'm 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 really rooting for a, for a Kenny Atkinson. I think um, you know he really created a culture in New Jersey before they. Um, Fired him, or not New Jersey? I guess Brooklyn. Um, but uh, and I, I think he's a young, talented coach, and I think you could get some loyalty and get and all the you know all the players loved him, and um, you know,
3: it's got a good relationship with Levert, yeah.
0: Yeah, like I feel like that's something that, that you could build on. It's it's somebody with a little bit of experience, but also a culture builder, um, also enough of a risk and an unknown quality that maybe you can make a big leap and a big step. Like it, it feels kind of like a, the best of both worlds in that case. Um, although I think Stotz is the is the is the you know out front on this and the um, and the sure, race yeah,
2: can, the, Kenny Atkins is born in the '60s.
0: <clears throat> in in what sense? Like
2: he was just literally born in the '60s. Like he's not, he's not some young, like young gun coming out here. No, with, like,
0: no, 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 I'm not, no, no, no. I'm talking. I'm talking about as young as far as like he's only been a head coach for a few years. That's yeah, coach. I mean he's been an assistant coach forever. Right. Uh, so yeah.
2: So I, I mean, I I don't know how that particularly moves the needle that much for us. Hmm. But I mean, again, if our goal is not to win a championship, I mean, does does a coach matter?
0: I mean, clearly it does, because oh, when we yes. had Bjorkren, right. <laughs> we were not good.
3: Yeah, I think the other issue that needs to be addressed, which which Pritchard sort of got to in this press conference that he talked to, is is sort of the, the talent on the floor, right? So there's, um, I think that the issue with the level of success this year is that we expected more. Like, I think that we look at the roster, and Pritchard looks at the roster and says, we have a very deep. And talented roster we should be a playoff team we should be a top four playoff team in the east right we have a player in demonis sabonis that might be one of the really special guys like this could be a top 15 top 10 guy you know in the league and if you have that and you put the right pieces around him then you got a shot right i mean i agree with you colson i think in today's nba like it's super hard because players are able to manipulate their way into teaming up superstars and whatnot. Super but, teams, yeah. But regardless, but but Pritchard said a couple of interesting things about it, which um, I thought sort of gave some insight or like gave some credence, I guess, to our our 30,000-foot view of the team, which is that he said, um, you know, he, I felt like at, at times this year, you know, this team lacked fight, you know, which is something that, Colson, you brought up, that there's nobody that's really willing to muck it up and like do anything. And that, that could be a player personality thing, or that could be like, they just don't want to do it for the coach. Cause you know, why should I, why should I put my neck on the line for this coach? The other thing that he said, you know, he said in his exit interviews that, um, he was really tough on everybody. And, you know, he said, I was probably as hard as I've ever been on a group in terms of someone having to step up and be the vocal leader and say, no matter what this team is mine and so that was a thing that we talked about all year which was whose team is this you know is it Sabonis' team is it Broxton's team or Brogdon's team sorry um who who is the superstar on this team who's the most vocal guy who's the leader and i i think that that quote basically says we don't have that leader everything we don't have that right now yeah
2: yeah, I, we think, have no I alpha. think when it comes to physicality and, you know, all that kind of stuff, guys are much more likely to, you know, you, you go to war with the guy in the trench next to you, not for the coach. You don't do that shit for the general, right? That's like, okay, in, in, in my view, right? So I, I, I don't know that you can totally blame Bjorkren for that. I think that that's much closer to the truth, mm. right? So I don't know that we've solved that problem at all. I do wonder if Simon hadn't committed when he committed publicly to Pritchard, or at least Pritchard said that Simon committed publicly to him, Right. and we'd waited a week and Danny Ainge was out there, I wonder if things have mm. got, would have gone down differently.
0: Hmm.
3: Interesting.
2: Because Brad Stevens is no longer coaching, and Danny right. Ainge sure did a pretty good job in Boston.
0: For sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, this suggests that... Um, Pritchard's gonna be pretty ready to go find a piece that's going to be a vocal leader, right? Or somebody that's got some fight, All right? Enforcer. Don't you think? They're, they're, yeah, I mean, do you, th- you? This is not just a gonna be the a coaching switch type. Yeah, this is also going to be a roster switch. This right, switch. I think he. F- moved. I think he feels like we have felt that
3: there's something. There is an an X factor missing in this locker room. Is it Lance Stevenson? Who knows? Yes, it is. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you weren't going to say it, I was. <laughs> but there's some, there's some cohesiveness. He, you know, he was like, I like all the guys individually. Individually, that locker room is fantastic. Like, there's sure. not a bad guy in the room. They're all
0: real nice guys. Yeah,
3: right. And that's one thing, you know, and and that's great. And we would all love to see that. Well, I don't know if we would all love to see that, but you know, I like I like a world where we can all be nice together and and succeed and win right uh sure but we know that that doesn't always work
2: michael right? jordan says
3: hmm. right <laughs> yeah like tony dungy won a uh, super bowl and that yeah. was amazing and it was nice right but let T- alone didn't... many you know right exactly so um so that to me su- suggests that there is going to be a shake-up
0: uh, there's an interesting uh, article uh, by Greg Doyle, um, who writes for the Indy Star, um, and he was talking about uh, whether we need to trade uh, Sabonis or Turner, um, and went on a long thing about basically um, if you think you know the right answer, you're wrong, because even the best experts in the world can give you numbers that will tell you one player is better than the other, and that this team is better with this player. And that nobody knows the answer to this, including Pritchard, and so he's probably going to keep both of them and see what happens.
2: I mean, that's it's exactly why story. Doyle has written some version of that article thirteen times.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also, uh, I think we've we've made statements that um, are stronger than that, probably, but we don't get paid for the um, for that kind of nonsense.
2: Really, <laughs> <laughs> a different brand of nonsense. Ours.
3: Yeah.
1: Shots <laughs> fired. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people people are here for the the goat clowns, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, so as I, as I'm talking through this, <clears throat> my fear now is that we're in a situation where because I disagree with Doyle, I think that Sabonis is clearly the better player of those two. Like head and shoulders above Turner. I mean, do you uh, want
2: Jokic or do you want Gobert? Like they're both great players. But you want the MVP, right?
0: Or yeah, do you want yeah. the defense player of the year? Do do, do you you want, want Jokic or do you
3: want a poor man's Gobert? <laughs> yeah, know, like. Not right. to the I love Miles Turner. he's great. Like but you know, reality is reality, right? Sabonis so <laughs> is the guy. But so here's my here's my worry, right? So The wind shares would say differently though. <laughs> right. Sure. If you can explain how a wind shear works, then I'll <laughs> then I'll take your argument. Uh so Savonis is an awesome guy. Uh I don't know that he's a leader leader guy. Right. I don't know that he's a alpha superstar. Uh and that worries me. Maybe, right? maybe I mean he we is. we had this conversation for, you know, 5 years on this podcast when Paul George was our, you know, our guy and we we're like, why is leader. he not leading this team? And it leader. turns out <laughs> it turns out that he's not a leader, he's an a-hole. And so <laughs> I don't think that Sabonis is an a-hole, but I don't know that he's, uh, you know, the leader. I don't. I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he's got that in there somewhere. He's definitely passionate and, you know, works hard and yeah. it leads well. But I, I mean, not leads. That was not the right word. But leads by yeah. example, I guess. Yeah. Very well.
2: But well, it's definitely not Turner. We have even more experience with him. And we know right. that he's not our vocal. We
0: know leader, he's right. not a leader, right? Now, but he does he does quarterback the defense. But you're right; he's not the the, the voice in the locker room. And we have this perception: a a, a
3: a fan contacted us on Facebook, Joey. I'm blanking on his name right now, but so hopefully you can Google that real quick. But uh, came up with this this awesome theory that uh, uh, Brogdon. We think that Brogdon is an amazing leader because his nickname is the President. Because right. he happens to sound a little bit like Barack Obama, in the way that he talks, and he's a point guard, so that's like an a easy place to put leadership responsibilities. But in fact, he's none of those things. But the narrative is there to to make it look good.
1: Sure, all those all those like boxes are checked. But uh, I mean, yeah, he doesn't. He it, it, to me, it seems like we have a bunch of lead by example guys, and not we have zero vocal leader guys hmm. that are that are you know uh you know starter you know starter level guys that are are, you know vocal leaders so you know i think we need one right like I, um you know that you know paul george and old depot both of those guys like I don't know. I think they tried to fill those roles, but I think they also fell short. Um, you know, they both claimed it was their city, and now they're in other their own cities, um, elsewhere. But Joe, uh, where did that person contact us? Do you know? Was it through uh, Twitter?
0: Was it through? Uh, it was on we should Facebook. give them credit. It was, it was Facebook. on Facebook. It was Tom, Tom Um, I would like to shout out Tom Dahl. And one of the reasons we haven't mentioned him earlier is because he basically was like, can you go back in history and listen to like his old press conferences, uh, you know, Brogdon's old press conferences and see if he used to sound as much like the president and whether he like started his, his voice got affected or something like that after he got nicknamed the president and whether he sort of evolved into this type of leader and we've all bought into it or whether he's always kind of talked that way and and uh uh it's just kind of more natural. And uh that was more work than I was wanting to do. So that's why I <laughs> haven't that was a great question though, so shout out to Tom Dahl. Um I and I, I do think it's an interesting uh, question. <laughs> um you know for one season, we felt like Depot was, or maybe for two or three, you know, he was the leader. He was the guy that was going to get everybody up and motivated. Um, and when he was injured, he wasn't able to bring the same injury, which, uh, energy, which is fair. Um, but when's the last time that we had leader David
1: West? David West is, is the answer to that question. I think.
0: Oh, no, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. It was Lance Stevenson. I don't think. I Come don't. on, the, 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 the <laughs> year he came in and saved the season, we were gonna miss the playoffs, and we won like six games in a row. Cause Lance, Lance was the no. adult in the room. Mm, <laughs> that's not why
2: we love him.
3: Lance provided something. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't adult in the no, room. Like responsibility. Like it wasn't, <laughs> <for> <laughs> exactly. it wasn't on.
2: T- it, it-, it wasn't backed by curfew. <laughs> it wasn't you know not going out you, you, the night before
1: we talked about uh, you know not having like that fight you know Lance had that you know he had fight in him he was always going to go yep. out there and gave it everything he had you know he he was you know emotionally invested in in the crowd and and the game and um, I mean I think he fits that ethos really well obviously like you know because I you know that's one of the reasons I love him so much he, he fits in really well here um but um I, I mean i think he was at his best when yeah when david west was on that team and 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 paul george uh you know didn't have to be a leader cuz i don't think he was you know he wasn't i don't think he's not good at that and david west was and he you know west wasn't the best player on the floor but he was the most consistent and he was the best leader on the floor and and i think i mean that was the sort of you know th- to me that is like the the uh, ideal for, for a Pacers team, you know, in, in the more modern era. Yeah. I will I will say that of the guys on
3: the roster, Brogdon has the most um, or has exhibited the most uh, penchant for being the guy that's like, I'm not going to let us lose this game. Mm-hmm. I agree um, with that. And
0: he also that's, hits that's timely shots. Something. He also yeah. controls the pace. Um, I, 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 yeah, he's exhibiting fine, the, player, uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's exhibiting some leadership skills on the floor, at least for sure.
2: I think what I find really confusing about this is like, you know, when Victor Oladipo kind of turned it off, like he was our leader mm-hmm. and he, he was is an
0: effective and He, he galvanized us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And
2: when that went away, you know, my reading from the outside looking in was that you know, there was a struggle, an internal struggle for leadership, which he was losing, right? But like, no one stepped into that vacuum. Is this? Yeah yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. We
3: thought he was losing it to Brockton maybe, or something. Yeah, yeah. It huh. wasn't like we traded him away, and then everybody was like, "Okay, cool. Now it's Malcolm's team. All right, let's right. do this." You yeah, know, like right. it was still a wishy-washy. But maybe that's by that point in the season, maybe that it was already apparent that. You know, Bjorkman's nonsense was just wearing everybody down, and like, <laughs> right. So that's one potential theory. But so,
0: yeah, I don't know. Something to look for going forward. So, what's everybody's best guess then? If if it's not going to be a first time coach, if it's not going to be Becky Hammond or, you know, whatever, do or, do, do we think Terry Stotts clearly is the, is the number one pick here? Does does everybody agree with that, or do you think All the Mike D'Antoni's pick off Blazers?
2: Like, that's our yeah, whole yeah. front office plan. Okay. We're just trying to make Indiana Portland. So, okay. yeah, I would say he's more than the inside track. I'd say he's a, you know, one and two favorite probably. I think if we yeah. commit to something without interviewing Becky Hammond, I'm going to be pissed. But
3: Should no. we uh, commission a mural <laughs> that says, like, keep Indianapolis – Kind of like Portland. Ka- kind of weird.
0: <laughs> kind of <laughs> weird. Weird ish.
1: <laughs> Midwest weird. Midwest weird. Yeah. I think. No, I think we just solved the problems, right? I mean, we got that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. We've discussed the problems. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think on yeah. the whiteboard we've we've kind of mapped out what the issues are. I'm not sure we have any solutions.
2: There's a lot of tape and yarn running around on that wall, though. That's
0: (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) Um, Who's the guy, I mean, besides Dame Lillard, that fixes this team as as personnel-wise? I mean, you want an undisputed leader. um, We could just trade for Dame to come along with Terry Stotts and be fine.
3: I mean, I do think we need, like, a a wild card-type individual, right? Like, you know, we... (laughs) He used to joke, calls You know, like you, you can't, you can't have two knuckleheads on a team, but kind of having one knucklehead is is totally worthwhile. And you know, somebody that just gets under the skin of the other guys in in a, in a good way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly.
2: I don't know if that's a good way or not, but Draymond well, is but very it's, good at what he does.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. But it's like. It irks you just enough, but it it also, you know, makes you alert. It gets your, <laughs> you know, gets your uh, acetylcholine system firing, and you're more aware, and you're alert, and you're ready to go, and you're like, you know,
1: let's do this. And you're also like, this dude's kind of crazy, but I'm glad he's on my team. Right. Exactly.
0: Yes. And that also can bring out leadership of guys like a a brogdon or a Sabonis. That's when right. you're sort of yeah reacting to the guy who's kind of uh, stirring up the pot. It's nice to have the stable leader. Yeah. So,
3: either Chikar Sampson needs to step up his game. Yeah. Or
0: <laughs> need a uh, Marcus Smart, need a, PJ a, Tucker,
2: a Morris,
1: a one, one of the
0: Morris's. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dwight Dwight Howard can get sure. Weird. Let's get let's get yeah. some Dwight Howard.
3: Yeah. I heard mm. Chris Paul might opt out of his contract, Can we sign and trade for him. Yeah, that is then, a leader. And then trade him yeah. for
2: Dame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> also a leader. I would right. be okay with that. Yes. Yeah. So you heard it here first. We're getting Stotts and Lillard
2: via CP3.
3: Via, but Via, via a
0: weird three-way trade <laughs> where we sign and trade
3: and get CP3. <laughs> Perfect.
1: But only if CP3 thought he was coming here and was real excited about it. And then we uh, hurt his feelings and flipped him yeah. as an asset.
0: I'm sure he'd never take that out on us in the in the playoffs ever.
1: Well, that's a it's
0: good at the conference he's got to get to the finals yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's never getting to the finals at and all what's like he gonna that? do just
2: yoke on dame when he gets there i don't know <laughs> right
0: <laughs> not gonna happen wait i love how every uh, pod we somehow figure out how to throw chris Paul under the bus like that's basically <laughs> what our pod is it's a pacers pod that's
1: really just calling chris paul a little bitch somehow wasn't that like our when we had, when we discussed starting the show? I was like, "Look, Pacers are great, but you know what? I know it was it was on the
3: short list for uh, taglines on the koozie." Yes. <laughs> Chris that, Paul's a little bitch. Sure, right. sure. Tasty to my palate. A
1: and... uh, oh, uh, goat else? clown. Thursday, goat Thor's Day. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday. Thursday, Thursday. Um. well we uh, we spent a good good amount of time on that um, <laughs> which I think it was a good good discussion Um, let me go grab another beer then all right, you, yeah, you go throw, go throw it to our, halftime all right take a well
0: take let's a yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah yeah take a yeah let's take
1: a, yeah. take Ooh, a quick power break power through we'll what are you talking about
0: what is wrong with you <laughs> well, I guess it's not just Chris Paul who's a little bitch you know <laughs> <laughs> You had your
2: headphones off first, son. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, we're gonna take a quick break. we we'll <laughs> uh, Let's take let's take five to seven.
0: <laughs> Sounds, Sounds like a good. plan. Okay. I'm
3: excited to see if we can ever find the railroad tracks again. Yeah, <laughs> way far afield.
0: You still working on your uh, Saturday. Weekend? No, uh,
1: yeah, I just wanted to review the article one more time.
2: Is it about a dude getting swallowed by a whale?
1: No, I saw that though. What? Pinocchio. Jonah. Uh, Jonah. Jonah.
0: Pinocchio also.
1: Hmm.
2: Hmm. Now, apparently no, we not said, very familiar we said, with Pinocchio's story.
1: We said <laughs> we said a man. He wasn't even a real boy. Fair enough.
0: I mean, he not a, wanted to be a real boy. Wait, can we go
3: swallowed
1: swallow
0: that whale?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did. I can remember confirm. that
0: Mike. I mean, you're right, I probably should have gone with the biblical reference first. It sounds vaguely familiar. But <laughs> but Is the guy right. okay? Uh, the guy that got swallowed by the whale?
1: Yeah, he, he gave a thumbs up, like from the hospital bed. Through the blowhole.
0: how did he get out? Through the blowhole. That'd be pretty sweet.
2: Same as Pinocchio, didn't taste very good, got spit out, probably.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah fair enough. The I think was J- like... Jonah was in the whale for a while, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I think he just set up camp there. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, I think that's how Pinocchio got out. I think he uh, lit a fire, and then I got sneezed out. I'm pretty sure that's what I happened. I think fire
2: inside whale when you're made of wood, like, it's just like, <laughs> not a great idea, is
0: it?
1: <laughs> eh, probably not. We are back from the break. I want to discuss first uh, my stat of the week. Joey, stat of the week. This one, you know, I I read a lot of science articles. This one checked a lot of boxes for me, too. Um, Like it or not, some of the uh, uh, weather's changing around uh, uh, this, this here planet we're on. And, uh, one of the changes is, is bringing out some things that, uh, I did not know existed. I, I certainly fear them. Uh, I don't understand them. Um, but luckily they are, for me, they are, they are right now contained to, uh, Alaska and Northern Canada. Um, but so they are, uh, uh you know, there's a lot of wildfires out in nature and, um, Uh, Apparently, there is a a way in in certain uh, biomes that um, these wildfires can overwinter uh, underground, and they are known as uh, zombie fires. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, so what happens is uh, there's, like, the peat moss and and other uh, flammable things, and these these fires will smolder over... over the winter, and um, they can be covered by snow, and all, all, all the things that you would think, uh, you know, would would uh, stop them from, you know, stop them from being a fire. And uh, as the uh, uh, the top layer uh, dries out and warms up, these fires uh, reach the surface again, and they spring back uh, from the undead, uh, and they come to attack um anything around them that's flammable like your like your common pinocchio um, burn them <laughs> right up um, so yeah dom- zombie fighters are, are real they are uh, uh 2008 was a particularly bad year but they're they're noticing that as uh as the um uh, there's there's more warmer times that the these are burning and apparently they're super uh bad in, in the sense that um what they're burning is generally like super high in carbon Mm -hmm. um so there it's just it's putting way more carbon into the atmosphere than it would for you know your normal non-zombie fires (laughs) Um, (coughs) so shout out to zombie fires which you can never kill
2: it's going good going good
1: Mm-hmm. Shout out to mm-hmm. Colson's band in high school Who had that
3: album non-zombie fires Which I thought was really good
2: So prescient
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like there's other fires uh, Like Associated with like old coal mines Or Oh yeah um, Something like yeah. that Some sort of extraction of some mineral From the ground And there's just mm-hmm. these fires And they're just like yeah, they they're, just, they're yeah. just gonna burn. There's we just gotta let those things some burn. Some fire
2: in Russia that's been burning for like fifty years and like a right. natural gas pit right. or something.
1: There's one. Oh, this one right here. Uh, I had heard about this one. That reminds me. Yeah. So Centralia, in in Pennsylvania, um, it has been. The, so the fire is still going, and it has been burning since May 27th, 1962. There you go. Uh, mm, um it could oh at the current rate it continued to, it could continue to burn for over 250 years. Hmm. So, um, yeah, and it's and like, underground, it, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So this one, I actually I had read about this one. the The entire uh, the almost well, the entire town had to be abandoned um, because it was it was burning underneath the city itself, and um, mm. it was you know well, do,
0: making things hot and smoky.
1: Yeah, just. Um, all, all the things Bernie? That, you would think that would happen. Um, <laughs> it was very Bernie. The technical uh, term. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: there's a dollop yeah. about the Centralia fire.
1: Okay. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should link to that for sure. Yeah. So underground fighters are not something I thought I'd have to deal with as a child. but uh, <laughs> uh,
2: Live and learn, my
0: friend.
1: L- live and learn. The world is uh, stranger than, than uh, it should be.
0: So, are are zombie fires just the same as regular fires, but they go after brains? Yes, they go right after brains. Um, uh, Marcus Garvey, I believe, said my brain was a fire at one point. <clears throat> was that was that a zombie fire?
1: He was clearly uh, he was a, clearly a zombie fire. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh anyway um, so but there's so many good quotes in this article this paper is a breakthrough because very few people have been looking into overwinter overwintering zombie fires before he says <laughs> and that's not because overwinter fires are not important quite the opposite I love it I love it Jason are your are your uh, are your uh, papers like full of like Sweet, sweet quotes like that.
3: I got to try to work zombie uh, (laughs) into my next paper.
1: Mm, For sure. I think the world would appreciate that.
2: All right. I mean, how many clicks are you getting on the internet right now? I mean, I can just tenfold. Drop a zombie bomb in there and you're good.
3: (laughs) Right. (laughs) We all know that tenure comes with clicks. (laughs) <laughs> right. It's, uh, All right, you know. Sadly, it probably will someday. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, we just we we need more gain of function research on zombies. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> we do, we do.
1: One last thing we got for you. This show is uh, Colson. It's your it's your longest running uh, segment. Is that right? It's got to be that, right? <laughs>
0: I I, no, I feel like we're doing the show a lot longer. No, um, but like just a specific segment. I mean, do I not? Do I not have other specific segments?
2: You've abandoned them all. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. that's true. Oh, we doing under, under Googleables. That was the plan super excited
2: um, you told us we had to so. <laughs> so it was, he
0: said, we, he said we
1: signed up for it in the end it's gonna be better and more true than Google can give you something we get answer for you this week yeah uh, no you, I you're, uh, you're thirsty for knowledge I, I can am and, and uh, this quench your thirst
0: you know this is a, another one from uh, from my vacation uh, uh, recently I was uh, there was a, a pizza joint in the keys called upper crust pizza with which i thought was very clever mm-hmm. but then i thought where does the phrase upper crust come from and why do we relate it to the wealthy right the upper crust yeah.
3: of society if you will
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and i'm not Kurt. saying that it has to be connected to uh, pizza uh, I, I was thinking maybe more Like a pie, maybe? We did a a
2: pie one, right? What was the difference between a pie and a crumble or something?
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. a crumble and a cobbler. a cobbler? Yeah. And the answer was an upper crust versus uh, uh, bottoms versus no bottoms, I think was the... (laughs) But bottoms optional, I think was the... Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, can, so I'm not super familiar with this phrase. Is this can you, can you give me a like a good definition?
0: I mean, not really. Just that I, you know, you, you like uh, the upper crust of society is normally how I okay. think of it, right? So it's so the well-to-do, um, the the um, okay. the socialites or the wealthy um, is what I think of as the upper crust. Okay. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which again. You could relate that to pie, but I'm not sure why that's better than i guess that's better than the bottom crust
2: well i mean yeah a, a pie is definitely fancier than a cobbler right I mean you know you're putting more effort to make it look pretty right that's the whole top crust thing yeah
0: mm-hmm. is it possible that this is a um like the crust of the earth sort of thing,
1: yeah, that's where I that's what I think of mm.
0: did we know uh, about the uh crusts <laughs> when this phrase came about uh,
3: when do you think this phrase came about? this seems British to me mm-hmm. yeah um, like uh later than middle ages Shakespeare time Shakespeare.
0: I felt like this is uh, okay. the monopoly guy, like the the 20s, like the 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 uh, the pre like the gilded um, age, like Yeah, uh, gilded age. Like yeah, like pre-depression with all this like massive wealth. Okay.
2: I was thinking more Victorian
0: England. Okay.
3: Yeah, I was thinking okay. When do you get When do
0: you get crust? When's the first crust? You of crust. I mean, it's pretty crust, yeah. as soon as you have crust flour back, and like, butter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, you got heat.
1: As soon as you get like anything cooking, yeah. like I you mean, can,
2: before you bread potentially.
1: Before sure. bread,
2: I mean, it's unleavened, right? You think it would be harder to make bread than crust?
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. But there although, wouldn't be an upper crust.
3: Uh, although pie dough takes a bit of. That seems like it would have come about later than bread to me, but
2: I mean, I would say pastries in general, post bread, yeah, just
3: like yeah, that's like a luxury thing. Yeah. You have time sure. to fold butter and, and uh, sugar, you know, it, and that's my yeah, thing, enough. right? That's where I
2: right. think this came from. Is you know, okay. y- from fancy pa- like it's it's shorthand for fancy pastries. So you got your own baker,
1: right? Yeah. What about what about France in that one? They, they okay. Like they sure. Like yeah. Yeah. Things. They're they, big
0: on the baking. They're good at baking bread and
1: uh, uh, desserts. And I feel like they've Croissance. got a, a, a healthy social scene where you could have, uh, you know, the socialites. There. Oh,
0: sure. This is this so could, this could is be the upper crust. Louis is... The fourteenth, then. Yeah. Exactly.
1: This is before we beheaded
0: everyone. This is this is let them eat cake. Yeah. This is good. yeah. Who was that? That was Marie uh, Antoinette. Marie. Yeah. Antoinette. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P., by the way, you know. (laughs) What a basket case. (laughs) Ooh. Well,
3: uh, I, I, okay, so you could also imagine that it came later as sort of a metaphor for, you know, classes of society or something like that. Like somebody.
2: Marxist sort of.
3: Right. Mm. was like, was like saying, like, look, you got, you know. Poor ass people are at the bottom. They're at the bottom crust, like the the meat of society. The uh, main thing is the the filling in the middle of of say like a pot pie or whatever. And then you got these, you know, very thin layer of the upper crust or whatever. Or like
0: okay, so you think maybe this is a pot pie metaphor? I like it. That's good. I like that. I don't know, but I I could <laughs> see that. I
1: could, sure. I, I feel that. like the, all all of those are. I mean no matter what kind of pie it's the same idea right like so the okay. bottom the bottom crust mm-hmm. is all mm-hmm. mushy and you can't really you, you can't really uh you know nobody wants that it's there you eat it the upper crust I mean, if, is crisp and above
0: things and sort of above the rest of it right, right. nice and crispy and, and hot and magma Rit. no yeah so 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 <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> and decorative <laughs> When's the in the in the crust of the earth? uh, Where's the magma?
1: Where's that? Is there a lower crust? Is there a third below? It's it's where your fillings would be. I mean, it's still nearish the top. You You got your crust, and then
3: you got your mantle, and then you got your
1: core, or the main layers, if I remember. Then you got your yeah your gooey science correctly. The gooey (laughs) nougat center, right?
3: Mostly uh, plasma, right?
0: I don't think
1: plasma <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, we did the upgrade recently. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> it's 4K. Thanks, Biden. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Biden. You know, it's more expensive up front, but it's going to save you a lot of money in the long run.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
0: All right. So we vaguely think that this is a British thing. Or a French thing.
2: It's a European okay. thing. European European thing
0: thing with a pie making connection from like the
3: 17 I like mid 1700s to the early
0: 1900s. <laughs> well, that's that's a broad range. I'm either going mid 1700s
3: human history, I mean, it's not that. Broad
0: it's of, very right? it's a speck, you're right, in human history. I'm either going Gilded Age, uh, early 1900s in America or I'm going Europe in mid 1700s. Uh, that's is that broad enough? So I you're either going
2: with yours or piggybacking with ours, if we happen to be right. I, I <laughs> yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. And,
0: and, and I'm going, it's not about the crust or the mantle of the earth. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, and I'm not going to go with pizza crust. I'm going with pie crust, decorative, fancy cakes, pies, croissants.
2: Yeah, I don't think pies had upper crust until Chicago, right? That would be a, yeah.
0: much yeah, later. Yeah. So this, this could be a Chicago saying. With the band? <clears throat> <laughs> no, I'm saying the early uh, early 1920s Chicago pizza the old upper crust top crust oh those are the, the why ones. isn't it top crust?
3: okay, I'm seeing the first appearance is from John Russell's the Book of Nurture. Uh, circa 1460 okay cut ye upper crust for your souring sovereign there you go that's weird Uh,
2: looks like upper crust didn't in fact come to be used figuratively to refer to the aristocracy until the 19th century John Badcock in 1823, Upper Crust, one who lords it over others is Mr. Upper Crust. The term had previously been used to refer to the outer crust of the earth's surface. And more frequently, a person's head or hat. Who had had head or hat?
0: Ooh, did not have head or hat.
2: (laughs) Well... I think it's looking increasingly like we may have run across one of these things that was like running around in the lexicon for a while before it got codified.
0: But yeah, it does. It does seem to uh, the things I'm looking at do seem to agree with the fact that it sort of gets connected to the wealthy in the early 19th century or. um, Yeah,
2: that's when somebody writes it down for sure. Right. And it probably has something to do with bread.
0: But we don't really
2: know what. We're kind of guessing about that. But that is interesting Hmm. that people didn't used to be able to bake bread without burning half of it. Apparently that was (laughs) I didn't know that I learned that today.
1: (laughs) So you think they just would would bake it and then they just cut off the bad part? Like, it, like, some part of it's going to get burned, and we'll just... Yeah, the, kind of the bottom it. is going to be
0: burned, because I mean, you're doing, like, the coals are on the bottom, right? We don't have, like, invection ovens or anything, right? So the bottom just gets brown. If you want to get the upper crust, it's going to be nice and golden. Everything okay. else is burned on the bottom, right? And so
2: Give that crap to the poor people. To, right, the poor sure. people.
0: And you get the upper crust, the, the top part of the loaf with the nice crispy thing, and probably the really nice gooey um, bread to the, uh, the wealthy. Um so, I did did we learn anything? It's uh, Yeah, people just didn't know how to about... bake
2: bread for a long flipping
0: time. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Baking bread's hard, especially on an open fire.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, but it was like a main source of sustenance. You didn't think we'd have figured for, that out for, in the first yeah, 20 for, for, like, since the years. for like the dawn so. of
0: time, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good call. Good call.
2: you uh, figured man. out telescopes before we figured out how to bake bread, right? <laughs> <laughs> Seems strange. <laughs>
3: I feel like that's huh. strictly a Western civilization problem too. Like, yeah. weren't weren't uh, Indians like cooking stuff in clay ovens like perfectly for thousands oh, of years. thousands of years? Before that. <laughs> okay. Can't get this damn fire. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm trying. there's a, there's an article on mental floss I just found about this. And it's saying that that's a tall tale if I'm reading that right. That the that the uh the like the OC, the workers got the burnt bottom, family got the middle and guests got the top or upper crust. They're not really giving a better answer though.
2: Right, that's just it, right?
1: The 19th century upper crust appears as a slang term for the human head or a hat. Which I love. That's that's my favorite part. you like...
0: Uh, make sure you wear your upper crust. It's cold outside.
1: If, this may explain it better. This is... Uh, uh, Thomas Chandler Halliburton put it in 1938. The clockmaker. Um, it was... It was none of, none of your skim milk parties, but super fine, upper crust, real jam.
2: That dude stole that from me. I wrote that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He's always talking about your skim milk parties. <laughs> All right. Very, well, very, think, very
2: clockwork orange.
1: Yeah, it kind of, kind of is. Um, I think that should probably wrap it up for us. Uh, for this show uh, We'll be back with you uh, Next week I would say Even though I specifically said It's a semi-weekly <laughs> Pacer <Pacific> podcast <laughs> <laughs> There was an asterisk after that Which you, you couldn't hear So um, It is partially the off-season We're still talking about basketball um, uh, Here and there So Yeah um, yeah, we'll be back with you next next week um, until then you can hit us up on social media we are on twitter we are at undebeatables we're on facebook.com slash the undebeatables our website is the undebeatables.com there's a contact form there you can use that to send us a message or email It's great shout out at the undebeatables.com on the website we, uh, we also have uh, some t-shirts at the website slash store for the architect, Donnie Walsh,
0: and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sook Leonard. Turn out the lights, the party's over. That
2: was very tame.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my mom's sleeping, so that's fine. Okay. Oh, okay. She's not actually yet, but uh, I figured I'd spare her. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't normally spare the listeners. you know?
3: No, not at all. Everybody should. send your thank, thank you notes to at Joyce Colton. Yeah, that's
0: right, just, that's right. should
2: have her on, on every Twitter. week then, or...
0: <laughs> she should just be sitting in the background <laughs> at the end of her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited about this uh, terrible dogfish from Pinocchio. Monstro? Uh, yeah. that yeah, was his name? So Monstro was the Disney version who they turned into an actual whale, but okay. uh, in the book... Okay. Uh, it's described as a dogfish-like sea monster. Um, Is described as being larger than a five-story building and a kilometer long, not including its tail, and sporting three rows of teeth and a mouth that can easily accommodate a train. There
1: you go. Uh,
0: Nicknamed the Attila of Fish and Fishermen. The Attila? Yeah, like Attila the Hun. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the Disney movie we were right, uh Pinocchio uh, is freed by starting a fire and the smoke prompts uh monstro to sneeze uh, uh Geppetto and Pinocchio from his mouth.
3: Uh, uh I was gonna ask another on the Google, but um do whales sneeze?
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, that might have to be the next under Google That's pretty good. Um. Do, do do whales have diaphragms? Yes. Okay, well, then they can sneeze, right?
1: But do they? I can do but, a lot of stuff that I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: I mean, so we humans sneeze because
0: we need to, like,
3: it, oh, ya-
0: yawning is the diaphragm. What's the sneezing?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't know how a sneeze works, but a the idea is, is the you need to clear your airways so you can Di- breathe, right?
0: Diaphragms are involved. But if you're
3: water all the time, basically when they go up to breathe, they sneeze so that they can take in air.
0: What? what but through sneeze their blowhole? Through like, blowhole. Uh, so that's just them clearing out their, their sinuses?
3: That's like making sure that there's nothing in there so that when they they expand their lungs, they not full get water. only air. Yeah.
0: And why do we sneeze? Because there's stuff in our nose?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Same idea. But I'm not worried about the there being water on my lungs when I sneeze.
2: Correct. Okay. Well, that could be it. Result in sneeze. Well, that
3: might be part of it, right? Okay, maybe you should be worried.
0: Are you underwater? Right? This is another thing. <laughs> this is another thing I have to worry about. Yes. Zombie me- fires, water me- <laughs> 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 This is gonna be up tonight,
1: all night, just thinking about fish. <laughs> Dog. Dogfish. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> water Dogfish. on my lungs.
1: Oh yeah, you you gotta be worried about the 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 fires in the whales. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get hurt sure. too. Sure, yeah. yeah. Just add it to the list.